this parsha is very interesting because this is kind of like a transitional period. Avraham's the apex of Avraham's mission was in last week's parsha. The 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 end that the tenth test was in last week's parsha, and in this week's parsha, the 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 I guess the progenitors of the Jewish people, Avraham and Sarah, both pass away in this, and and it goes on to a new generation. So in the beginning of the parsha, very famous uh, discussion of Sarah. So it says, "Vayuchaye Sarah, Meya Sarah, Be'asrim Shana, Ve'sheva Shanim Shnei Chaye Sarah." So it's an unusual construction. It says that she was one hundred and twenty and seven years. It's it's th- it's three different levels. So Rashi mentions over there, and she says, "Why does it say the year, the word Shana, the year by each one of those things? Because it goes like this: at a hundred, she was like twenty as far as sin." Uh, the, 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 the the Gemara says that a person a person who is under twenty that the 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 heavenly court does not punish the person under twenty because this, uh, the only uh, the, as far as sin is concerned. Then it says she says um, so it says bas esrim shalochata. So it says the twenty year old does not sin because the twenty year the twenty year old is not a person who can can get punishment. So it says so that's that. It says And at age and at twenty like at twenty like she was beautiful at at uh, seven at seven years old. Now she uh, Sarah you know Sarah is a very interesting uh, person. You know Avraham. It's Avraham, and Sarah is Sarah. And all of the people who try to, to dispel the woman's place in the Tanakh, and a woman's place in the Torah, and a woman's place along the way, are very, very misguided. Because Sarah, first of all, I once heard uh, Rabbi Schwab, Zechron al in Washington Heights, had a very interesting statement. And he said that Sarah was, was a greater prophet than Avraham was. But she never let Avraham know that, which, which, which was an interesting, which was an interesting point. But uh, but both of them, both of them were on a mission. In fact, we we had uh, in, in Lech Lecha, which says a nefesh asu becharon. So it says that Avraham taught the men and Sarah taught the women. What were they teaching them? You got to give a little bit of a backdrop here. That uh, prior to Avraham, the world was devoid of understanding. Hashem and Hashem's presence in the world for a whole lot of years it was not paramount to the world Avraham reintroduced the idea of Hashem to the world because at that point there, there really wasn't, wasn't any, any uh, interest in that and that's why the world, the history of the world is divided up into 2,000 year segments and the, the, the first one is the 2,000 years of creation, the middle one is the 2,000 years of Torah now Torah is not being given for another who knows how many hundred years, but Avraham is the beginning in Torah, and Avraham is the founder of the Jewish people because Avraham typifies uh, the, the, the idea of Chesed, which we, we're going to talk about here in the Parsha, that we're, we, we follow, and that the underlying principle, underlying principle of Judaism, has to do with how you treat other people. As the famous story of uh, the person who came to Hillel, and right. he said he wants to learn the whole Torah on one foot, and he told him, don't do it to somebody else, we don't want them to do somebody else, and the rest is commentary. And one of the commentaries on that particular statement in the Gemara was, uh, was uh, by the Maharsha, and he says that regal doesn't mean a foot. Regal means a principle. The man was a philosopher, and he came to, to Hillel and he says, what is the basic underlying principle of Judaism? And that is how you treat other people. And Avraham is typified in that. And if you think about it, you know, we always say that, uh, that the kahuna, 
is, 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 follows the example of Aaron. Well, the Jewish people follow the example of Avraham. It's not the other way around. So when, Av- when, when Sarah died, Avraham lost his life partner. And every week, we say Eishas Chayel. Eishas Chayel was the hesped that Avraham made for Sarah. It's a be- be- beautiful, uh, all, all the attributes of Sarah. So Sarah died, and Avraham now has to find a burial place for her. And uh, now remember, Avraham is, is an interesting person at this point in time. Avraham is a world-renowned individual. Everybody knows Avraham. Avraham has his own coinage. Avraham is like is like uh, the the uh, a a Elvis. Uh, well, that like. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 he so he want, he want, he wants he wants he wants a burial place for Sarah, and he didn't want to bury Sarah among the the, the Bnei Ches, among the Hittites. So he wanted a separate place for her. Now, <clears throat> how did he come about? To find the Amara Samachpela. Where, where did this come from? How did, how did he know to find this? First of all, Ephron Ben Sochar owned this. He owned this. He owned this property, and Avraham found this property because, as as the Mayim always brings down a medrash and says that what happened was when I, when the three when the three angels came to visit Avraham and he was looking for food, he was looking for uh, meat to bring for them. One of the cows ran away, and one of them ended up going into the cave, and he went into this cave. And he noticed that Adam and Chava were buried there. He also said that there was a smell in there that, that elevated him and made him better. And he said, this is the place he wants to be buried and, and, and bury Sarah. And, um, and what it was, it also became his davening place. Medrash says that when he would daven, he would daven there. And when he, when he, um, uh, uh, when he spoke to Hashem, he, he davened there. And that is why it is so important you know, this particular place is one of the one of the most Kodesh places in the world for the Jewish people. All our our grandparents are buried there, and 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 unfortunately, it's surrounded by a bunch of people who are who are behemoths. Uh, well, yes, that's loosely, but it but it's but it's but it's but it's, but it's very it's very very important. It is as much a holy place as any of the other holy places in Eretz Israel. And it's and 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 I always and we always we always make a point always make a point. When we go to Eretz Yisrael to make sure to Hebron, and, pe- and people, Absolutely. Were, did you go to Hebron? No, you go to Hebron. In fact, we were we were once in Hebron at uh, it was dusk, and we were there with a friend of ours who had an Uzi. So it was just us and the guy with the Uzi, which, which isn't exactly the best place to be at the time. But anyway, and, and I'll tell you, interesting, just parenthetically, we're waiting for the bus across the compound where the Israeli soldiers are, and all these people come by. Can they give you a ride? Give you a ride? And we, you know, we decided, oh well, we'll wait for the bus. They give you a right because they don't want you to stand there because that that area that's that's Arab, Arab it's an Arab neighborhood. Anyway, so Avram wants to buy this piece of property, and and the, the Mayam always brings out a very interesting point about this. It says that that Avraham, that uh, um, uh, Ephron, Ephron tried to investigate property. He had a cave, you know, he had a piece of property, go investigate. Every time he tried to go in there, he can go in there. In fact, one of the Medrashim says that whenever he tried to enter this area. Uh, there was like something there with swords that kicked him out. I mean, he he, he figured this is this is the I'm not gonna I'm not gonna use this place. Fiery sword. Yeah, yes. So so Avraham has a negotiation with him, 
Now, he wanted to give it to him for free. Oh, yeah. And he said, you know, <laughs> beware of anybody giving you a gift for free. Okay? Because, because that, but, but, you know, what, he, what he did, not only did he pay, he paid top dollar for it. Yeah. And you learn a very interesting thing about this. Um, <clears throat> two places in Eretz Yisrael were actually purchased. This one and, and, and the Temple Mount. When David Amelech bought the Temple Mount from our, I think, Arnona, he, he, he bought it, all right? He put down cash money to pay for it because it's important to know that it was paid for. This it was paid for, and Avraham bought this and felt it was a very important place. And it's a very, it's a very important place, and it's a very holy place. I had a very a nice experience there where I made a, I made a siyam. I have to thank my wife for this because I was going to make a siyam on, on Shisha Sidre Mishnah, on the Mishnayas. And I didn't make it before Pesach. And she said, so why don't you make it there? So I made it to Ma'aras HaMach And I had a minion of people. That, that is a phenomenal experience. It is a very, very holy place. And by the way, part of it, there's people who daven on the outside of the mosque. Because they say that that's near where Sarah is buried. So they, they, they or Rifka, oh, I forget who it was. They, they, they daven on the outside of it. So Sarah, Sarah, Sarah is, going back to some of her history, Sarah... Uh, uh, you know, she's the one who told Avraham to marry Hagar. She's the one who told Avraham to throw Hagar and Ishmael out of the house. Right. And, and Hashem said to listen to him, to listen to him. Listen to her. Listen, listen, listen to her. Listen to her. Okay. So now. Tell that to my husband. She's Abraham. I'm Sarah. Oh, okay. All right. Listen to me. So, so now, now uh, he buys the cave. He buries Sarah, and he has a place for himself. And, there, and it says a Kiryas Arba. It says, what is Kiryas Arba? Kiryas Arba has two interpretations. One of them is that there were four giants that lived there, but the other one, there right. were four. There were four couples that are buried in Ma'oras Hamachpela: Adam and Chava, Avraham and Sarah, Yitzchak and Rivka, and and Yaakov and Leah. And 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 that and that was a, and also the uh, Esau's head. But that's a, that's a whole other story. Anyway, anyway. So yeah, all is done. All is done now. So now, so now, so now, now uh, Avraham has before him. He has to marry off his son. So he has no wife. His son has no wife. The son takes precedence over getting a shidduch before he does. Even though, even though it, it, it's really brought down in the Gemara, that person should the person should marry again. Even even an older person. So. He, he now and the pasuk has a very interesting statement. It says, So he says Avram was old, and Hashem blessed him with everything. Meaning, He blessed him with being very satisfied with his life. Now, why does it say Avram was old? Mr. Uh, Shalach was 969 years old. They didn't say he was old. Noah was 900 years old. They didn't say he was old. What does it mean he was old? It's very interesting. Uh, Avraham was the first person that exhibited age, because it's interesting. There's, it, 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 we, yeah, there's a Gemara. Actually, there's a Gemara and a Medrash, and both of them have slightly different texts of it. So the Gemara, which is in, in Baba Metzia, says that Avraham asked for a old age. Why? Remember, Avraham looked like. Yitzchak. Right. And the reason he looked like Yitzchak is because all these people were saying that it wasn't his kid. So Avraham... <laughs> and, and, and by the way, that's a very interesting... That's, that's a Nakamura. It says, why did Hashem do this? He did it because of, of the late Sanei Hador, about mm-hmm. these, these mockers. People who mock are worse than liars. Mm-hmm. Because, because they get down to the, to the nitty-gritty. So Avraham asked for age. So he says, so people will know who's the father and who, who's the son. 
Okay, so well, we don't we don't we don't go into that. And, and, the, and the the second person who asked was Yaakov. Yaakov, it says Yaakov was ill. I mean, nobody was ill because what happened before the before the, before uh, before that time, what would happen is a person with how they die, they'd sneeze and they die, and that's why people say asusa and gesundheit and all that because that's how a person died. So Yaakov said, if a person dies suddenly. He's not going to be able to put his, his house in order. He's not going to be able to put, set aside his inheritances for his children. Uh, if it's five years from before to get around the IRS, you know, he, he wants to divest himself of his money so they don't take it from him. So, so, he, so he, he was ill. So he asked for illness. He says Ill, the illness as a prelude to, to death gives a person time to put it all together. The third one was Elisha. Now, Elisha, until Elisha's time, if somebody was sick, they died. So Alicia was the first person who had somebody who was who was ill and and was healed and healed to show they was healing. And by the way, healing is an interesting is an interesting point. There was a sefer called Sefer Refuos, which had the cure for every illness in the world. Yeah, and it was hidden away. Why? Because the feeling was that the people would use this book and they would forget that Hashem is the is the healer, and that it had every every cure in, in this book. So, okay, so now that's the Gemara. That's the Gemara. The Medrash has a little bit different. The Medrash has Avraham asking for age. It has, and it has Chizkiyahu asking for healing. Remember, Chizkiyahu was very ill, and then he became healed. But the middle person is Yitzchak. And what did Yitzchak ask for? Yitzchak asked for suffering. Yisurim. Why? Because he says, at the end of a person's life, they're going to, they're, they're going to have to pay for all the sins that they did. So if they suffer in this world, the punishment is less. To, yeah. is less. And, and that's why he said, it's an interesting concept. You know, we look at, we look at, at, at pain and suffering in the world as a, you know, as a bad thing. In a way, it offsets anything later on. So, so that's the, the difference between, between, between the two. So at this point now, Avraham, no, so now Avraham had to find a wife. So he sends his... his, his uh, Eliezer, his servant. Now, Eliezer is an interesting person. Uh, who he is? Um, one of them. One interpretation that he's Nimrod's son. Really? Yes. Another one is that he's Og, which is another which, which blows your mind a little bit. But but the point of the matter is he was he was Avraham's not only the head of his household. He was Avraham's uh, primary student. Like Hagar was Sarah's oh, student. Prim- so uh, so he had a he had a daughter. They figured you know why not his daughter. He said, but the problem was he was a Kanaani. And, and Avraham did not want his son to be married to a Kanaani. He wanted somebody back from, from where he came from. Now, you ask yourself the question, what is the difference between the two? The people out there in Babylon are worshiping Avodah and the Kanaani. The difference is that the Kanaanim, I know that uh, t- in today's modern world they would not accept this fact, the Kanaanim have an inherent evil and 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 um, behavior inside of them, and by the way, but who's but if you want to if you want if you want if, if you want to get into this, who is the progenitor? I think you would agree. Who's the progenitor of Canaan? Chum. Okay. What did Chum? Chum was uh, Chum was the guy who, when his father was prancing around there, he 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 looked and called his son over to take a look. There were three people who had relations on the on the ark. One of them was Chum. So so Chum was you know Chum was uh, and so, so there's an inherent there's an inherent evil within there. So, so even though Eliezer was who he was, still in all he was a Kanani. Now now he, the people back in in Abraham's hometown, they had a very funny kind of religion. 
Okay, they knew about Hashem, but they also worshipped devoted Zohar. They had like a like a hybrid uh, system over there. So, and they weren't inherently there wasn't inherent evilness. So that's why he's going for the shidduch over there. So he sends him. Yeah, he said like he's going with. I mean, it's the same thing that it was, you know, Levon and Lot and. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, now think, think, think about it. By today's shidduch standards, uh, nobody would have married Rivka. Her father was evil. Her grandfather was evil. They all worshipped Devota Zara. Wouldn't make it in Borough Park, you know. Uh, uh, so, the, the, but the point, but the point was, what, so Eliezer, Eliezer had, had an axe, axe grind. You know, he he wanted to. So I once heard Rabbi Victor Miller. I once heard a a, a drush of his, a a, a a shear of his, and he says, what Eliezer did, is that he worked on himself to rid himself of whatever that personal thing that he wanted to have. And by the time he got to, back to where he's supposed to go, his name isn't mentioned. You don't, you don't you only hear Evan Avram. You never hear his name. He had so, become so selfless in what he was doing that, 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 that he, he, he was able to go on his mission. Now, he was also one of the seven people who never went to uh, die. Right, right, right. So now... Elisha is Elisha. Yeah. So, so, now, so, now, so now here, here we go. So, who's the family here? Okay, Basuel, Basuel is the king. Lovan is his, is, is his, uh, his awful son. Uh, Rivka is his daughter. And she lives in this land of this horrible people. But, but Eliezer's test finds out that she has tremendous chesed. She, ha- she, she, she cares about people. And I'm going back again. Who is worthy to be a mother of the Jewish people? A person who has that kind of caring for the, for, for the people. Now, the Medrash tells a very interesting story. Um, you know, uh, when, when Eliezer came there, uh, they had this plot. Basuel and Lavan had a plot. And they were going to kill him. He said he came with all his money. You know, it's like he figured, hey, you know. So he came with all his money, and he figured they'll kill Eliezer, take the money, and it's fine. So they were sitting at the table, and they had food on the table, and Eliezer's plate was poisoned. And he said, no, I can't eat until I state my, my mission. I came on my mission. So a, a malach, an angel changed the plate, and Basuel died. And that's why later on, when, when, when Griffith goes back, there's no, there's no father around. It's, it's, it's only, it's only Lavan. Now, in the Haggadah, we say... Arami Oved Avi. Now, the Aramean wanted to kill, wanted to destroy our father. So there are different interpretations, but I once heard a very, very interesting uh, interpretation of that. And that is that there's a halacha that, you know, we don't do that today, but there was a halacha. If somebody makes a, an agent for marriage, for, for kiddushin, so somebody says, this is the agent of the wife, this is the agent of the husband. So if the agent of the husband is lost, the person who sent them can never get married. What? Because you, he, because he doesn't know who he gave it to. He doesn't know who he gave the money to. So he's, no, so, so he's kind of in limbo. So the plot there was, if the plot would have gone through and Eliezer wouldn't have come back, Yitzchak wouldn't have been able to get married, and that was the end of the, end of the Jewish people. So, so, so that, that's, that was an interest, interesting point. So Arami Ovidovi, the intention was to destroy the Jewish people. So Rivka comes back, and, um, and Yitzchak sees her, and, uh, and it, it says that, that there was a light in the tent when Sarah was alive, the light was extinguished. When Rivka came back, the light came back again. And Rivka is now the second, <coughs> the second mother of, of, of Claudius. Now, Avraham remarries. And Avraham remarries a woman by the name of Keturah. Now, who is Keturah? Keturah is Hagar. And what, what, what makes her so special? 
First of all, Ketura means spice. She, yeah, she, she, and why is it spice? She, after she left Abraham, she never had relations with anybody else. And, and so she was, really this, she was really just a continuation of his wife. And, and he had these uh, interesting children that he had there, uh, many of them who became the enemies of Jewish people. But, <laughs> but, but remember, Avraham is Avhamon Goyim. Avraham is the father of nations. Nations. Uh, nations. Yes. And he's the father. And, and uh, uh, unfortunately, people, people tend to like to say about the nations, including the Arabs, but that's an unfortunate situation. So, so Avraham marries off the daughter, has Keturah, has these children, and what he does is he gives them all kinds of gifts and sends them away because he does not want to bequeath to them anything. He, 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 the, the, the bequest is to Yitzchak, not to these other people. So now at the end of the parsha, Avraham is, is about ready to die. And it, it says that Avraham was buried by Yitzchak and Yishmael. So the, Gem- so the Gemara has a very interesting point. Gemara says that, and Rashi actually brings it, says that Yishmael did teshuva. Now, what, 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 what kind of teshuva did he do? So he did teshuva because not only did he respect Yitzchak as the primary inheritor, he encouraged Yitzchak to go ahead of him. The Gemara says he told him to go ahead of him. He says, now why is that a teshuva? Very simply, what is that? What is the base? What is the basic idea of tshuva? When you when you go against what is your natural instinct, which is wrong, and you go against it, and, and you and you you overcome it. Now, I, I there's a, there's an interesting little medrash called the the Sefer Hayasha, which is not to be confused with the other Sefer Hayasha. Sefer Hayasha is an interesting little medrash uh, by an anonymous author that was discovered after the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash. They found this this this, this manuscript. And there are a lot of little different stories in there. So there's a story in there, that, there's a story in there, and then also in the Pirkei de Revelezer. So in the story in there was that Avraham did not lose connection with Ishmael. Avraham still had a connection with Ishmael, and and he 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 met with him, and and he, they had a relationship there. The Pirkei de Revelezer tells a very interesting story. It says that Avraham went to go visit Ishmael, and he had a wife. Ishmael had a wife. And didn't want to give him any food. Uh, she must have been, uh, I don't know, maybe she was on a tough budget. You know, she didn't get her government uh, subsidy. <laughs> subsidy. Uh, so, so, uh, so, she, so, so he told told the wife. Says, when your husband returns, right. tell him that there is a something wrong in the doorpost of your house. Very cryptic message. So no, it wasn't it was it was her. So so when when Yishmael returned and he told this is what your father said, he immediately understood what what the answer was, and he divorced her and he married a second wife, which the Pirkei de Rebbe calls the name of Fatima. Fatima, and when Abraham came again, he came again. So this was different. She gave him food. She gave, him, and then and he he gave the message to Yishmael that that what had been had had, had, been, had been corrected. But how would Yishmael, out of the blue, like understand this? Because Avraham had a relationship. In fact, this little sefer sefer Hayosha said that not only did Yishmael have a relationship with Avraham, he moved back to Eretz Yisrael to be close to Avraham. Wow. Yeah. So so Yishmael Yishmael is an interesting person. Remember Yishmael. Uh, has a potential because Yishmael was named by Hashem. It says that and Yishmael was right. named by Hashem. Yishmael is, is a very, very, really, very nice name. Now, at the end of the parsha, it gives you the names of Yishmael's children. Right. Now, why on earth would we mention Yishmael's children? So the Medrash Rabbah has an interesting answer. The answer is because he came from the desert to show his father respect 
and that's why they were entitled to put the names in there because he came to respect. And it also says that that, that Yishmael did teshuva in Abraham's life. Now, obviously, if that was the case, that means that Abraham had had an influence on him. So Abraham comes to the end of his life. Abraham lived to be 175 years old, not 180. And we all know why, because he did not want to see the, the, the horrible infringements that, uh, that, that, and infractions that Esav did. And, and, and because it says that he died very peacefully. Now, how do we know that Yishmael did shuva? How does the Pasuk tell you that? Because it uses the word Vayigva, which is used by Tzadikim. So the Gemara asked the question, but it says that by the people of the floods. He says, Vayigva Vayyashev. If the two together mean that he's a Tzadik. So to say Yishmael was a big Tzadik? No. But the fact that he overcame who he was, that was a big deal. Now, uh, one of the things that I wanted to talk about, is that when, because this is the end of the Pasha, and this is the end of Abraham's life, and uh, the, the various svarim talk about uh, comforting a mourner. Most people do not know how to comfort a mourner. Most people come to the house and have no clue of what to do. And 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 and, 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 and because basically they have a they have a whole restaurant in there, but that's another thing. Anyway. So, 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 um, so, what you're supposed to do? There are different halachas. What you're supposed to do? You're supposed to let the, the mourner speak. You're not supposed to talk about all kinds of frivolous things to, to the mourner, etc., etc. Now, uh, there's an interesting story in a medrash called uh, in, uh, called Avos to Rabbi Nasa, and it's about the death of the child of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. And I think that this story really typifies how one should interact with a mourner. First of all, I should preface that, that uh, one of the 48 ways of acquiring the Torah is no se al chavero. What does it mean? You, you, you carry the burden of your, of your fellow man. It means you're in his shoes. You, know, you, you understand where he is, and you understand what his feelings are. So uh, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai had lost, his, uh, he had lost a lot of children. You know, I think it was his 10th child died. So they came to be Menachem Ovilhim. So... Various of his Talmidim came. So the first one was Rabbi Yeshua. And Rabbi Yeshua said, Rabbi, you know, I feel bad for you. But you know, Eov had children and they died too. Oh. So, he said, so, so, so Rabbi Yochanan said, wait a minute. Not only do I have to worry about my own situation, you're bringing me another situation. And, talk. and by the way, that's a very natural tendency. People tend to think that, oh, you tell them on other tsarists, it'll make them feel, no, it doesn't make you feel better. It's not a comforting thought. So he left. And Rabbi Yossi came. And Rabbi Yossi said, okay, good. You know, Rabbi, Aaron had two children that got killed in front of him. And, and so, so he says, what are you telling me? He said, I got my own, and now you're telling me about Aaron? And then the third one came was Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon says, David Amelach had a child that died. So all of these did not comfort, did not comfort him. Rabbi Elozeb ben Arach came in here, and he says, you know, Rabbi, here's the story. He says, if the king gave you a treasure to watch, and you took very good care of it, and you returned it to the king in the pristine condition that you had, wouldn't you feel you have accomplished what you wanted to say? Your son did not do sins. He was, he was a good person. So you returned him the way. And he said he was comforted by that. It's a beautiful story. Because, because what, it, what it is, he's, he's understanding the human nature of it. And it's, it's important to know that uh, how, how we go about how we go about doing these things. The other thing I wanted to mention, too, is that 
the Mayam Lois goes through a very long piece there and talks about that the death of a tzaddik is, is a kapara, is an atonement for the generation. So, uh, it doesn't work automatically. The people have to go and do something that will make the people better, and then the death of the tzaddik is an atonement. If the people don't make themselves better, then the death of the tzaddik is not an atonement. And if you think about this, I was thinking about it when I was reading this. This is the exact opposite of Christianity, where one person dies and everybody's good because one person dies and everybody everybody's fine. So it's it's important. It's all, and you know one one of the things about this parsha is that when you finish this parsha, this is the end of the life of Avraham, mm-hmm. and 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 Avraham, you know, even though Yaakov has the twelve shvatim and Yitzchak has it, who he is, but still in all, Avraham is the is the prototype. Avraham is the prototype. The pr- and if you think about Avraham, just the, the last word about Avraham, Avraham, when you talk about tshuva, Avraham was on his was on a journey, because it says that Avraham discovered the Rabbanu Shalom, and he did it by discovering the Rabbanu Shalom. He, he wasn't told; he discovered it, and that's how he that's how he was able to do the work with the people that he was that he that he, he influenced. So it's important to remember that he. He, uh, the, the way, the way, every one of us has a journey, and it doesn't matter whether a person is doing tshuva. It doesn't matter if a person is uh, from from birth. Everybody has a journey. Everybody's life has a mission. Avraham and Sarah had a definitive mission in life, which they completed, and that's what was the end of it. We all have a mission in life. We do not know what it is. We may never know what it is. But there are things that we were put here specifically to accomplish within this world. Individually, everybody it doesn't mean you know you don't have to be uh, a great person to be able to do to do great things, and it says and and so it's important that every Jew is important. Every Jew has a mission in life, and every Jew is part of the greater body. And it's it's also very important to remember, especially now, that it doesn't make a difference who the people who are in danger, as far as the enemies of the Jewish people are. And it doesn't matter who they are. Dati li umi, charedi. It doesn't matter who they are. There are fellow Jews, even even non-observant people. There are fellow Jews. And it's important to remember that we are all part of the same body. And and, and if, if, let's say, we would injure ourselves in a hand, the whole body would be injured. If, if a Jew gets hurt or killed, we all feel hurt. And it's important for us to remember, whenever we see the news, not to, not to say, oh, it's a good thing we're not there. No, not to say that. First of all, chas v'shalom. You don't say uh, it's a good thing you don't want to be in Eretz Yisrael. But the other part of it is, remember that as dangerous as you think it's over there, 3,000 people got killed at the foot of Manhattan Island. So you can't say it's over there, because it can be anywhere. So it's very important, especially now, Especially now, and we we know that one of the, one of the one of the ways that the Jews have their strength is through unity. And unity doesn't mean everybody's got to do the same thing. It means there's respect. Everybody respects one another. And any of us who remember who were around at the time of the Six Day War, Six Day War had the greatest swell of Jewish oh. unity in our in our lifetime. And what happened after? And, and what happened after that? Anytime you look in Jewish history, when does the tsaris, when do the troubles go away? When there is unity among the Jewish people. Yeah. Time of Esther, there was unity among the Jewish people. And our contemporary time was the Six Day War. It was a, a tremendous, a tremendous victory. So, 
we can sit there and we can worry about uh, about about the the, the the various and sundry people who are trying to do all kinds of terrible things against the Jewish people, who try to to, to make uh, intellectual ways of understanding of why uh, why the Palestinians need to have this and why they have to have this and all this. But remember, it's within our power. And so uh, I'll leave you with one last, I'll leave one last thought. The Chafetz Chaim, Chafetz Chaim wrote a um, he wrote, a, uh, he wrote several small texts called Kuntresim, little texts. One of them is called Avas Yisrael. And in the Kuntres of Avas Yisrael, he makes an, uh, an incredible point. He says, a person can daven with all kinds of kabbana that he wants Yerushalayim to be built. But if he hates the guy next to him, he's totally canceled the whole thing out. True. So it's important to remember that when, 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 we, when we hear, when, you know, when, when there's a terrorist attack, the Zaka people go help everybody. They don't say, I'm only going to go to the, to the front people. They help everybody. When, so we, we have to keep in mind and we have, to be, we have to say that as much as the Jewish people are in danger, Jewish people are in danger everywhere. And the only way that we can defend ourselves is our unity and our respect for, for, uh, for everyone around, other Jews around us. And maybe in that, in that uh, in that the Mashiach will come because Mashiach, is, uh, Mashiach will come. We have the power to bring Mashiach we have the power to bring Mashiach and we have the power to get rid of the Tsarist that we have by having respect for one another and caring about one another. Yeah,